There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix on April the 13th, 2010. Newcomers, I always suggest you should look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. You'll find hundreds and hundreds of talks I've given over the past years where I try to fill in the big picture and put some sense into your lives because the media certainly won't do it for you. And you can also download um, these, these audio files. Have a look, too, at all the other sites I have up there because those sites are alternate sites. They're all official sites as well. And if you bookmark them for future use and the com gets uh, sticky, as it sometimes does on download when so many folk go in at the same time, from the alternate sites you can always get a good, clean, fast download. So bookmark them for future use. Also, one of the sites I have up there listed on cuttingthroughthematrix.com is Alan Watt Sentient, sentinel.eu, the European site, has all the same audios for download, but it's got the addition of transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given over the years, and you can choose from the various languages of Europe, uh, print them up, pass them around to your friends. And a lot of people prefer reading anyway. So many people use this site because they really do prefer to read. And they remember it better, too, when it's read off paper. I think, I think the, the screens on the, on the Internet, the, on your computers, certainly do something to your brainwaves. Because people really get mind-bombed and they remember very little of what they're actually reading. Little bits and bites, you might say. That's all they retain. Remember, too, that you're the audience that brings me to you. This is probably the only host that doesn't take advertising directly and bring on guests, and that's how they get paid. That's how they make their living, mostly. And I don't bring on other guests to promote books and so on. That's another way which uh, the host can get paid. So this way I get a free hand to do what I want to do and say what I want to say. And then try not to follow the rest out there that all, like a shoal of fish, go after the main stories that are thrown out for them to, to follow which leads around in circles. So the advertising that you hear on this show, the money goes straight to RBN from the advertisers to broadcast the show. It pays for the staff and their equipment and the broadcast itself and the airtime. So it's up to you to keep me going, and you can do so by purchasing the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can also use uh, personal checks. I think it's the only country left outside of any other country. You can still use personal checks. But we're really all one country now. So from the U.S. to Canada, personal checks are accepted in Canada. And also Western Union, MoneyGram, Cash, or PayPal. Uh, PayPal can be used to donate. If you want to purchase anything, just uh, give me the appropriate uh, donation through PayPal and a separate email with your order, a name, and address, and I'll get it out to you. Same across the rest of the world. You, it's MoneyGram, Western Union, uh, PayPal, or Cash. Same idea. And remember, too, lots of folk do get the disc burned and passed to them. They're sick of computers or they've never started with computers. 
They play them on their CD players of the talks I do. You can get in touch with me at Alan Watt, Site 41, Box 4, Estaire, which is E-S-T-A-I-R-E, Ontario, Canada. The postal code is P as in Peter, the number 3, E as in Elizabeth, the number 4, N as in Nora, the number 1, P3E4N1. Also from the U.S. to Canada, I should mention, you can get an international postal money order from your post office if you don't want to send a check or use PayPal or any other means. And that's accepted in Canada as well. At one time, every post office had this option across the world, but at the moment, only from the U.S. to Canada is accepted uh, as, as being a country outside Canada. Now I'll come back with tonight's topics after this break. This is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. I have used an analogy many, many times of society as being akin to laboratory rats inside their cages, all living inside a massive room in the big laboratory. And what they do as laboratory rats, they know what's been done to them already. At least some of them do. Other ones haven't a clue. And you have to accept that's like the general population. Most of them never have a clue. Generation after generation after generation, from their birth to their death, what's actually really happened or the whys of the major things happening in their life. They've never never got a clue. And the, the laboratory rats sit and chatter. They chatter to each other, you see, just like the Internet and everything else that's out there. Uh, and they ask themselves, you know, when, the, when the, these guys with the white coats come in this morning, what do you think they'll do to us this morning? Is it going to be the brain operations where they hook us up to wires? Is it going to be injections of certain drugs into us to observe how we die? and then cut us to pieces to dissect us, what are they going to do to us today? You see, that's really what we would do. And even on uh, exposés, that's really what, uh, unfortunately, it's gone off into. We're, we're fed the stuff to distract us. Because in reality, in reality, you see, we've never had open government. It's never existed. The whole art of government is deception in order to govern they never tell the public what they're really up to. Most of the general public today still haven't a clue that when they signed this, their, the United Nations Charter in 1946, each prime minister and president of the countries it signed, signed away the sovereignty of their nations. That's a fact. And since then, we've been simply humored along the way through massive integration. We've lived through a lot of integration of countries. People now look at the Europe bloc, which is just the European Union, and they can't remember there was a, before that, there was a Soviet bloc, you see. And they can't equate the two together. It's, no, one's different from the other. It's, you know, is it really? One was run from Moscow, and this one's run from Brussels, for all those countries. But most folk, as I say, will never ever clue in to what's really happening for their entire lives, right to their deaths. Even people who've been through wars go the same way. I used to talk to guys who've been through the major wars. And uh, what surprised me is they had never matured and gone on to learn or even study or to inquire as to the real causes of the major wars which they fought in. 
the initial propaganda they were given at the time was good enough. It was so fixed in their minds, and it, it had to rationalize what they did. And, of course, the atrocities they all carry out, because that's what you do in war, uh, that uh, they had to believe in the initial propaganda. If they were to find out truth, they'd have to go through a whole death, many deaths, perhaps. Deaths including, my God, you know, I was being used for some other purpose, for, as an example. Remember what Kissinger said. Kissinger said, when he was talking about the troops, or he was asked about the troops, the U.S. troops especially, he said, um, they are dumb, stupid animals who to be used for foreign policy. What he meant by that, apart from his disdain of them, and his utter loathing of them as being an inferior species, is just that they're a useful tool, obviously for guys like himself who are into geopolitics, but they haven't a clue, and neither did they care to have a clue as to why they're really going off to fight anywhere. They're just happy. They've come out of school, and they're not running around the, the trees going bang, bang, playing games anymore. They're given a real gun and given the authority to go off and kill people especially in what's supposed to be peacetime situations. And we've had more policing actions since we signed the UN Charter because war is now peace and vice versa, as Orwell said it would be. Everything boils down to perceptions. Beginning back to my points, most folk haven't a clue ever, really, what's happening, and has helped along through their education and by their education so they're all standardized into the same Plato's cave, and then media takes over, entertainment, a lot of programming and entertainment, and they'll never figure it out right to the day they die as to why things really happen. And really folk live in a microcosm where they're like a, a little center, and their particular world revolves around who they know, who they meet, the fun they have in that center. I think everything outside of that is kind of vague to them, and they don't, they do accept tacitly, really, really subconsciously, that somehow there are big forces out there. They don't really care to know what they are, who they are, what runs them, and that's how they go through their lives. But there are many signs to a completely domesticated species. Many, many signs. I'll give you one example that happened today. Uh, when I went to a place I'd normally go, a little store, I talked to a guy who runs it, or he's a worker there, and I mentioned that uh, all the taxes had skyrocketed this year for property taxes. We have so many property taxes in Canada and Ontario especially uh, that you can't keep up with who's who because you used to get a separate billing from uh, the provincial, that's your state department, basically, of Canada. And that used to be a, a, a filing fee, really, which used to be only around $20. That went up to $600 by itself, uh, because I live in a, a rural area. It was for all rural areas across Ontario. And then we pay a separate tax that goes to educational, uh, educational committees that runs their education systems so that the, the worker bees, the future worker bees, can go off their yellow and black school buses. That's why they're yellow and black, you know, and get paid for that and stuff like that in the schools. And then you have another tax from the municipality itself from Sudbury, the city. And by the time you tally it up, you're paying about, I don't know, five grand or so a year. But then they went and up to, up to my property tax here this year, 
uh, apart from the one from $600, up to $600 from the provincial one, the outsits. And on an arbitrary, uh, I guess a satellite image from a whole area, I suppose, because no one inspects anything anymore, they put me up to the taxable value of my place as $150,000 for this old shack here, surrounded by swamps and mosquitoes and rocky ridges. And trying to get through, to get some, a real person to talk to is almost impossible today. See, that's where conspiracy theories come from. They always say, it's a conspiracy theory in the movie. They always said, you know, them. Who are they? Well, you know, those guys, them. Well, that's what you're talking about. Them is anybody who works for any governmental department in any capacity. At all. That's who them are. Because you never get to meet them. And now they give you computer sites. They go into websites and they give little things to tick off, and then they come back with these roundabout answers, um, saying they're sticking by the original decision. Now, I couldn't sell this place for about $40,000, but they've got it, they've got it taxed at one hundred and fifty grand. That's them, you see. But I talked to this guy in the store today, and I mentioned it to him, and his had, he had the same problem. You know what his first thing he said to me? You know, he says, we've had it quite easy in the country the last few years, he says, he says, they really kind of left us alone. That was his first statement he made. Now, who needs propaganda, PR specialists, to convince you otherwise when the general public are so domesticated? That's how they respond to things like that. Well, you know, they haven't hit us hard for a while. And uh, they're gone. Gone, folks. They're gone. No sensibilities left in them. They're already trained, trained to accept anything and always uh, make an excuse. You don't need PR departments to make excuses. These guys make excuses themselves for what governments do. Incredible. Same kind of thing goes with the, the spraying of the skies. Uh, you get all these ridiculous sites say, do, do you believe in aerial spraying? That's, that's a belief system. Do you believe? No, I, I know there's aerial spraying because all the facts are out there. The media ain't going to go into them for you. They're too busy distracting you with other things. Things like show conferences, like the Copenhagen Treaty. Nothing but a show. Everything was signed years beforehand. These show conferences are just to familiarize the public with the expectations of more to come. That's all, as they implement their plan. And they, they can't even tell you any kind of truth afterwards, except, well, we didn't really achieve anything, and bingo, everyone's putting carbon taxes on anything before supposedly anything signed. It's all shows. These international meetings are really shows. That's what they're, they're for. Because in, in governance, and that's what we're under, is governance. Governance, remember, is where a scientific rulership, basically, work on behalf of their masters, the guys with the money. Um, and the scientific rulership or dictatorship decide, uh, through their superior intellect, this is what they're going to do. And there's no need to tell you know, the rats in the laboratory. Why frighten them and be inhumane when you're going to inject them and cut them up tomorrow? I mean, that's basically it, you see. And what they can count on, too, is the general public are so domesticated that, that you see, uh, unlike a wild animal that would notice anything different in its environment because it's on the alert for survival. We have been dumbed down, chemicalized down, and stupefied down with entertainment and farcical education that we wait until the big boys themselves, the, the, the perpetrators, actually tell you what they're doing which generally is 40 or 50 years after they've done it. 
That's complete domestication. It's interesting that if you go into the writings of people like Charles Galt and Darwin, uh, a real beauty of a guy, he was one of them, you know, them, those guys, and Charles Galt and Darwin, again, related to the Huxleys and related to um, uh, uh, Thomas as well, Huxley, and related to Darwin's themselves, um, with all the inherent qualities of massive depression and strange... Uh, uh, obsessions, put it that way, in various areas. But uh, he wrote a book called The Next Million Years. And The Next Million Years outlined the elite's plan for the world and how they'd run those guys down below. You know, them, the its. We're the its, you see. They're the thems, we're the its. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix Just talking about the the thems, that's those guys that work for government in all kinds of capacities and levels And uh, and and the its, which are us, you see, we're the, us are the its, you might say But Charles Galton Darwin put out in his book The Next Million Years Really what the, the agenda was, massive depopulation uh, He was also the one who advocated the sterilization by various means um, preferably um, covert means to sterilize the, the unwanted, the unfit, and all the rest of it. This is the 1950s, after World War II, by the way, and he's spoken on behalf of the British elite and the establishment, the noble classes. But he said, he said eventually we'll alter, uh, basically the IQ level will domesticate the species. And that's been done. The people have had their minds attacked. I think they've actually physically had their brains attacked, physically, through inoculations and so on. And he said himself, he says, but we, the elite, mustn't uh, uh, have these things done to us because we are steering the ship of Earth. We are guiding it, so we have to retain our wild capabilities. But the rest of us, you see, were dumbed down, basically chemically lobotomized and... Um, uh, we give them no trouble. That's the whole point. We give them no trouble. We just go along with whatever is done to us. Domestication. We don't see what happens around us. We can't think why things are happening. People don't even look up at the sky. I see, I see wild animals going round here. If there's anything different on a fox's trail, believe you me, a tree going, a branch going down even, he'll circle the thing quite a distance away to make sure that's all that's happened, that's, that's all the change. He makes sure that's all it is before he'll move on. That's how they serve up. That's how they're still around. But humans, humans see nothing. They really see nothing. And uh, it's like Brzezinski said, shortly the public will be unable to think for themselves. They'll expect the media to do their reasoning for them. That has happened. And he wrote that book uh, uh, between two ages in the 1970s. That's happened to most folk. They wait for the media to tell. Well, the media is not there to tell you the truth. They've even been sued by, by journalists who've been hired like Fox News was. Because they were getting censored on a story Because it was a big story on a big company And they got ads from it And so these particular journalists sued them There was a censored a contract And the judge said uh, Well, there's nothing, there's nothing that says Nowhere does it say that the media must tell the public the truth And yet, of course, we're trained to believe it does It's an appendage of your brain That's what most folk think 
They keep you 20, 30, 40, 50 years behind the times. That's what they do. And when something crops up that you should see or a few people are noticing, they put a, in comes their propaganda. They're the first to put out the propaganda. Like the noctilucent clouds that suddenly started appearing. And they try to tell you how far back they went and they were not new at all. And all this rubbish. It was all rubbish. Always putting the spin on things so that you tell an idiot, and there's lots of idiots out there. Uh, have you ever looked at the sky and wonder what all those lines are? And they'll, they'll tell you, must be a lot of aircraft, you know. There's about two aircraft going to Sudbury uh, per day here. That's about it. Meanwhile, you've got about 15 in the air spraying back and forth. Well, I don't know. But that's how they're, they're gone. Most folk are gone, and you've got to accept that. Or you'll spend your life battering your head trying to use your ego to dominate their ego until they admit you're right. That, that, that's a killer. Don't fall into that trap. Most folk will do that with their families. All you do is get kicked out or they'll move off or something like that. You can only use your time on people who are worthwhile to use it upon. Ones who are already asking questions. If they're asking questions, that means they're not quite so lobotomized as the rest. They have a bit of wildness there of survivable capabilities. Now, I've, I've gone on in, in quite depth some for, for years actually, because when the, the spring started here daily uh, in Ontario, daily it started in 1998. I can remember the day it started. I couldn't believe it when I walked outside and, and they were much lower at that time doing heavy, heavy, uh, long trails from horizon to horizon, and it literally was like a checkerboard, north, south, east, west. And it's been like that ever since. They're a bit higher now. They've got better stuff to mix together that uh, form into this mushy eggshell color much quicker than the old types used that they used. And they are adding to it with different things here and there. That's why your throat gets raspy or sore throats. That's why about 60% of the public get recurrent bronchitis now. They just don't know what causes it. That's why everyone's allergic to everything. They call it allergies. Well, no wonder you're being poisoned, folks. This article here sums up a lot of this. It's, uh, I'm going to read quite a lot of it tonight because it's well, well worth it, and it's got a lot in it. And it's not speculation. It's from government sources it's, uh, themselves. And it's from the Wise Up Journal. And it's from the, the 13th of April, 2010. Howard Hughes Company, uh, the, the company's climate change fight, it says. We're so familiar with nonsensical trivia that fills so many news mediums these days that the following information might appear the same, but it's quite the opposite. It will soon become apparent from authorized sources how important it is. To give the subject proper consideration, we need to look at a number of these sources, including an important government-funded report, an article published by the New York Times, wrote by Pulitzer Prize, or written by Pulitzer Prize winner Seymour M. Hirsch, reminding us of some old facts, and some other governmental sources. And I'll, I'll read some of this text when I come back. I mean, it really is on the ball, and I've got all this stuff already, and I've read this book, so... I'll touch on some of the main uh, parts of it and implications of it for you too. We're living in a fantasy, folks. Back after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, this is Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix reading an article from Wise Up on the spraying and the governmental sources that you can go to to see, yep, they're doing it all right and how they've gone about it up till this present time and where they want to go with it. It says the text below is taken directly from the United States government patent site. The restricted for government-only-domain.gov can be seen in the site's address. It shows a technology with patent number, and it gives you the number by Hughes Aircraft Company, filed in 1990 with relating technology filed back in 1965. Keep in mind that the U.S. government funded a large 1992 report titled, this is a very important uh, report or book really, Policy Implications of Greenhouse Warming, Mitigation, Adaptation, and the Science Base. By the way, you can get it on, on PDF and on Scribd, I think, if you do a search. There's a few places you can get it for free, which can be read from the archive of the National Academies Press. You can also go in there, too, and take it basically chapter by chapter. Discuss this technology on a global scale and expressed, quote, the surprise of this analysis is the relatively low costs. This is what they're on about, the low costs of, of putting, dumping aluminum oxide and various other metallic oxides into the atmosphere. And they said at the time, we can do this within two years. That was published in 1992. It says, we'll read some more detailed extracts from this report momentarily and see how current administrations support it. But first, the technology that Hughes Company developed decades ago. Now, all the links that I'll mention are on the site, the, 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 the Gov links and whole bits from the government itself. So there's no conspiracy here. It's from them, you know, them, these, those guys. And it's got the patent numbers and all the rest of it, too, and links to the patent numbers. But listen to this. This is what's in this particular um, policy implications of greenhouse warming. That all the big, it's a Bible for these guys at the top. Uh, this is stratospheric uh, Welsh-backed seeding for reduction of global warming. This invention relates to a method for the reduction of global warming resulting from the greenhouse effect and in particular to a method which involves the seeding of the Earth's stratosphere with Welsh-backed-like materials. Most current approaches to reduce global warming are to restrict the release of various greenhouse gases such as CO2, uh, CFC and methane. These imply the need to establish new regulations and the need to monitor various gases and to enforce the regulations. One technique proposed to seed the metallic particles was to add the tiny particles to the jet fuel of jet liners so that the particles would be emitted from the jet engine exhaust while the airliner was at its cruising altitude. While this method would increase the reflection of visible light incident from space, the metallic particles would trap the long wavelength black body radiation released from the Earth. This could result in net increase in global warming. It said here, not decrease by increase. Now, you found that too. When you're spraying heavily in a summer, summer with that polymer type uh, material C, it actually increases the heat down below. So such materials can, can include the class of materials known as Welsbach's materials, Oxides of metals such as aluminum oxide are also suitable for the purpose. The greenhouse gases layer typically extends between 7 and 13 kilometers above the Earth's surface. The seeding of the stratosphere occurs within this layer. The, partic the particles suspended in the stratosphere. And that's the whole idea, to suspend, suspend it in the stratosphere for as long as possible. This article also, I've got, I've got into all these different uh, sites, by the way, in the government sites. They admit that in sunrise and sunset, you'll get these odd 
um, uh, kind of rainbow effects around the sun. That, that's been getting seen now since 98, pretty regularly now. But they also mentioned that too, that they're going to deal, they're going to use uh, multi-battery and arrays of super lasers to pulse through the, the atmosphere. And I've seen the pulsation effects on some nights. It's like a piano, someone playing a piano from top to bottom, back and forth, rippling across the sky. They're actually doing this stuff. Have been for years, folks. To continue with this one here, it says here, it's presently believed that the particle sizes in the 10 to 100 micron range would be suitable for the seeding purposes. Larger particles would tend to settle to the earth more quickly. By the way, they also use jet streams. That's why I get so much dumped on top of me here. It carries it all the way down, large carrying area, down to Buffalo and New York area. And it comes up. They also seed it heavily over Chicago area. The greenhouse gases are typically in the Earth's stratosphere at an altitude of 7 to 13 kilometers. This suggests that the particle seeding should be done at an altitude of order of 10 kilometers and then be seeded by dispersal from seeding aircraft. One exemplary technique may be via the jet fuel as suggested by prior work. Prior work, remember, we've already done the studies on it back then regarding the metallic particles. The National Academy of Sciences, who have a U.S. Congress charter, organized the creation of the report, again, Policy Implication of Greenhouse Warming, Mitigation, Adaptation, and the Science Base. You got it. For those who have a brain and don't mind struggling through stuff, you'll find it fascinating. For the rest of them, forget it. It's not written for you. It's just not written. For, you'll lose interest, you know, after a few sentences. I said on page 8 of the front matter, it states that the project was funded by the government, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, and got other funding from a consortium of private foundations, again, the, the parallel government, including the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the Charles E. Culpepper Foundation, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, John D. and Catherine T. Mac- MacArthur Foundation, um, and the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation. The project had a massive amount of people involved, and United Nations man Maurice Strong, you know, Maurice Strong, the technocrat, that's what he's called, a technocrat, not responsible to the public, but makes big agendas like the Earth Charter. He was there at the conception phase, as stated on page 3. This is from the government. These introductory pages show what specialists from private and governmental bodies were involved with tunnel knowledge, uh, in the fields of chemistry, law, the Air Force, biomedical engineering, civil and environmental engineering, genetics, genetics is involved, atmospheric physics and economics, to name a few. Professors were brought in from the most upper-class colleges in the United States, such as Harvard, Yale, Carnegie, Berkeley, MIT, who constantly work with the United States Department of Defense, and MIT certainly does it more than others, the Rockefeller University, and so on. General Motors acquired Hughes Aircraft Company, plus its technology and their vice president of the research laboratories, Robert Frosch, took part along with Joseph Glass, the director, vice president and general manager of the fluorochemical division at DuPont, the world's second largest chemical corporation that also works with the military. There are many other notables, including John McLucas and former U.S. Secretary of the Air Force. On page 59 of the report, Hughes patented uh, his way, uh, his patented his way is listed amongst other options. The patent is to use aircraft to maintain a cloud of dust in the low stratosphere to reflect sunlight. 
Page 59 also states, Geoengineering options appear technically feasible in terms of cooling effects and costs on the basis of currently available preliminary information. This is back in the early 90s, folks. On page 460, they expressed their delight at such low cost. They're actually a bit broken down when you actually go into that, uh, the, the links I'll give you from the government uh, at, at so much per tonne. Uh, which I'm sure the military, who don't mind spending billions in a single plane, could also share. By the way, they're using military jets. They decided eventually to change to military jets because when you force the high, these metallic particles through the exhaust systems of jets, they tend to wear it out like a sandblaster would do. So they have to be special inside, obviously, um, the titanium or, or some kind of carbide inside of it to stop it getting worn away as, as the stuff is blasted through. Perhaps one of the surprises of the analysis is the relatively low cost at which some of the geoengineering options might be implemented. On page 454 of the 1992 Global Geoengineering Report, they go into the costs of chemtrailing with Hughes-type technology. If a dust distribution mission requires the equivalent of a 500-mile flight, about 1.5 hours, the delivery cost for dust is $500 per tonne. And ignoring the difference between the English and metric tonnes, a cost of 0.50 kilograms of dust. If 1.010 kilogram must be delivered each 83 days, that's what they figured on, provided dust falls out at the same rate as soot, five times more than the 1987 total ton miles will be required. So that, see, they actually had figures in 87 as to what they were going to use on the public, but they started doing this about 94, instead up to 98 the question of whether dedicated aircraft could fly longer distances at the same effective rate should be investigated. So they decided to use the Air Forces for it. On page 459, the conflict of interest, so-called uh, experts recommended going ahead with geoengineering as soon as possible. That was 92. And that the governments of the world can simply reduce as much CO2 as they care to pay for. So they're going to go ahead with this as soon as possible. And they said they could do it within two years. Cloud stimulation by provision of cloud condensation nuclei appears to be a feasible and low-cost option capable of being used to mitigate any quantity of CO2 equivalent per year. These possibilities appear feasible, economical, and capable of mitigating the effect of as much CO2 equivalent per year as we care to pay for. Lifting dust or soot to the tropospause or the low stratosphere with aircraft may be limited at low cost to the mitigation of 8 to 80 GT CO2 equivalent per year. Such systems could probably be put into full effect within a year or two of a decision to do so. And mitigation effects would begin immediately. Because the dust falls out naturally, if the delivery of dust were stopped, mitigation effects would cease within about six months for dust or soot delivered to the tropopause and within a couple of years for dust delivered to the mid-stratosphere. The report by hand-held, uh, hand-picked experts and highly respected influential players ends up supporting this option as the most effective good news for GM. It's important to note this technology is just a slight upgrade to the old geoengineering technology we forgot about or were not reminded about. The following two 1970s articles from, are from the New York Times archives, and I've got their links. I'll put them up on my site, cuttingthroughmatrix.com, at the end of the show. You can go and look them up yourself. But here's one from the New York Times, July 12, 73. Senate urges the U.S. to seek end to all environmental warfare. Rainfall patterns are altered, growing supported, 
uh, growing support noted. The Senate gave overwhelming approval today to a resolution calling on the U.S. to to take a lead in seeking an international agreement to prohibit environmental warfare such as past American rainmaking practices in Southeast Asia. They're using it in warfare over Vietnam and creating flood and, and mud areas all over so the enemy couldn't get through. Another article from the New York Times by Seymour Hersh. May 19th, 1974, U.S. admits rainmaking from 67 to 72 in Indochina, a first in warfare. May 18th, the Defense Department has acknowledged to Congress that the Air Force and Navy participated in extensive rainmaking operations in Southeast Asia from 1967 to 1972 in an attempt to slow the movement of North Vietnamese troops and supplies through the Ho Chi Minh Trail Network. There you have government admitting they can change the climate decades ago. That international treaty was written up and ratified from 1977. That's at the United Nations. It's titled Convention on the Prohibition of Military or Any Other Hostile Use of Environmental Modification Techniques and can be viewed on the Federation of American Scientists sites. The link is here, by the way. And on the Carnegie Endowment site, and the link for that's here too. This technology is obsolete Yet, remarkably, most of us would think it's a technology yet to be developed. Amazing how much we are not reminded of or not told about. And I'm telling you, folks, we live in a completely fake paradigm. That's what the media, the general media, is there for. What the media does is give, they show you the side effects of policy implementations. Oh, look at that. Oh, isn't it terrible what they've done here? Oh, the cost of this, blah, blah, blah. That's what they give us, the side effects, the fallout, not the causes. Every day we get from media that it's normal for horrible things to happen to countries predominantly made up of brown or black people, and we don't bat an eyelid, even if the pain is inflicted from a Western nation. But the question is, does unaccountable national security branches of governance have the same mindset when it comes to us, the peak of democratic, civilized society? The UK, USA, uh, France, Canada, and so on. Fortunately, there is no, there's an answer to that question, as briefly mentioned by the third largest new, newspaper in the UK, The Guardian. This is from uh, the 21st of April 2002. A government report just released provides for the first time a comprehensive official history of Britain's biological weapons trials between 1940 and 1979. It's still classified after 79, folks. So this is what they have declassified. Many of these tests involve releasing potentially dangerous chemicals and microorganisms, that's bacterium and viruses, over vast swaths of the population without the public being told. That was all over Britain. The test carried out by government scientists at Porton Down, uh, this is what it says, the report reveals that military personnel were briefed to tell any inquisitive inquirer that the trials were part of research projects into weather and air pollution. That was from 1940 to 1979. One chapter of the report, the fluorescent particle trials, reveals how between 55 and 1963, planes flew from northeast England to the tip of Cornwall along the south end and west coast, dropping huge amounts of zinc cadmium, highly carcinogenic by the way, sulfide, on the population. The chemical drifted miles inland as fluorescence, allowing the spread to be monitored. Cadmium is recognized as a cause of lung cancer and during the Second World War was considered by the Allies as a chemical weapon. And another, this is what they do, this is what your own, you know, them, your own, your own them as opposed to others them. This is what your own them does to you. 
In another chapter, Large Area Coverage Trials, the Ministry of Defence describes how between 1961 and 68, more than a million people along the south coast of England from Turkey to the New Forest were exposed to a bacteria, including E. coli and Bacillus globigii, which mimics anthrax. These releases came from a military ship. And that's, I've, I've put that out before. They did the same um, uh, off um, Norwich. And, and then they tested the whole population who hadn't a clue. And all the doctors were in it through the National Health Service collecting the data for the government. Oh, yeah, you're dying of cancer. We don't know how it happened. Oh, so are the young. Oh, it's a mystery. The report also reveals details of the DICE, DICE trials in South Dorset between 71 and 75. These included U.S. and U.K. military scientists spraying into the air massive quantities of Serratia marcensis, marcessens bacteria with an anthrax stimulant and phenol. Some families in areas which bore the brunt of the secret tests are convinced the experiments led to their children suffering from birth defects, multiple birth defects, physical handicaps and learning difficulties. The report also confirms use of anthrax and other deadly germs on tests aboard ships in the Caribbean and off the Scottish coast during the 1950s. The document state, this is the official document, tacit approval for simulant trials where the public might be exposed was strongly influenced by defence security considerations aimed obviously at restricting public, public knowledge. The public are never told what's been done to them. You have never been in any democracy, folks. You've been in a never, never land. Back with more after these messages. This is Alan Watt, and we're cutting through the matrix. You know, everything is done under national security, and we're always kept in a state of flux or fear or war or cold war. Two world wars, many policing actions in between, and a cold war, it terrifies that we're going to get nuked at any time. It's all for control purposes. Remember what Orwell said, that war is peace, peace is war, uh, freedom is slavery, etc., etc., and they keep telling us we're free as we get put into deeper and deeper uh, forms of slavery. But remember, too, he also uh, had in his book 1984, when uh, Winston's being tortured by O'Brien. O'Brien was one of them, you know, them. And uh, O'Brien says to him, he says, oh, the war is not meant to be won, Winston. It's meant to be perpetual. So they can to maintain control over the people. That's what it's for. So we go through war after war. Now it's a war on terror, you see, and all your rights are stripped away. And then it's a war for the environment, environment forever, as they depopulate. And by the way, on the site, and on the links I'll put up there to uh, the mitigation of the effects of spraying, etc., you'll also see that the first uh, few pages is devoted solely to depopulation. Depopulation was mandatory. They even say in this report that a side effect will be uh, depopulation and possibly sterilization and a decrease of, of uh, fertility. Oh, it fits the bill perfectly, doesn't it? Going back to this article here, it says, what are they doing today? When the best and brightest minds decided in the geoengineering report that such systems could probably put into effect within a year or two of a decision to do so, and mitigation effects would begin immediately, it was a go-ahead signal for the military that the government had already paid for. 
That paragraph can be used as historical justification for the military to go into full effect with global geoengineering, and under national security laws, they did not have to tell electric politicians or the public about it, never mind asking for their permission. And that's a fact. National security branches work together, especially with the perceived global threat. Despite the media blackout and current national security operations, there was one report from Germany's RTL, RTL News, is owned by the RTL Group, which is Europe's largest TV, radio and production company. Below are extracts from the 2007 news report that broadcasts, and here's the broadcast can be viewed, the link is here for you to see. It says here, clouds up to 350 kilometers long appear all of a sudden on the radar, but only on the meteorological radars. We can state within a set 97% certainty that we have on our hands chemical trails. This is on the TV station, comprised by the fine dust containing polymers and metals. The radar images are stunning considering the need tons, they needed tons of dispersed elements. Military heads claim that the substances are used are not harmful. That's what the military claimed during that particular uh, show that they put on there. Military planes from the German Federal Army are manipulating our climate. That came on the show as well. The register reports uh, emissions of chemtrails at low altitudes. In the following three weeks, the instruments register other activities. Meanwhile, the satellite imagery is clearly counterfeited by the military. And I've had reports by guys who are up there as pilots who tell me the same thing. And then it says here, it's enormous. This, this is uh, from a German, a German politician, Johannes Rimmel. It says, obvious that enormous regions are being polluted with clandestine actions. The government must provide explanations to the unsuspecting population. If militaries around the world are spraying the atmosphere constantly, do you expect to be detected right? And it gives you more articles to show you, which literally back up all the stuff I've been talking about for here. We're really living in a, a, a never, never land, a fiction put out by the media and entertainment. But by God, we're enthralled by entertainment these days while all this is happening. Because after all, we're domesticated and we couldn't save our lives if we had to, at least for most folk. I'll put all these links up tonight on my site, cuttingthroughmedics.com. From Hamish myself, from our heavily sprayed Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your gods go with you.